Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Good day. It is a good day to magnify our Lord and Savior. Hello, everyone. How you guys doing? Guys good? You guys good? Y'all guys look good. Um, so my name is Timmy and I am the pastor of Community Life and Discipleship. Um, as many of you guys know, Pastor B is on vacation today. Uh, he's going to be on vacation for the next couple of weeks, but we have a really, really, really dope sermon series that we have. I'm really excited about this sermon series. The sermon series is called, Who Lied to You? It's dispelling myths about the church. And we have great preachers that are coming to really break down the word and really bring truth to, truth, truth to the word. And I'm really, really excited about this. Um, there is, um, I know that a lot of people come from different backgrounds. A lot of people come from, you know, different church experiences. I know specifically, I talk to specific people that have experienced church hurt or have dealt with different ministries and um, dealt with people who have used um, churches that use the word to kind of manipulate, kind of um, just wasn't telling the truth, wasn't being faithful to the word. And with this sermon series, we really just want to honor God with truth. Jesus tells us in John eight thirty one, he says that if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In this church, we solely re rely on the truth of God. And we're praying that this truth will set us free from any stronghold that we experience, any stronghold that we experience in the path, any, any, um, any miseducations that we uh, experienced in the, in the past. We really just want to be faithful to the Lord. Um, so when it comes to the Bible, you know, it's really good. It's really true. But there's a danger when you mix the authoritative word of God with the depravity of man. When you mix the, the flesh, the fact that we are bent towards sin, the fact that we have sin nature, we <clears throat> sometimes bend the word towards what we want, what we, our flesh desires. And um, it, it, it's happened throughout history. There's been places in time where people use scripture to justify slavery. There's been places in time, even now, where people use the scriptures to justify hate for people based off of their race, based off of their sex, based off of their sexuality, based off of their nationality. And they kind of weaponize the word to condemn others when that is totally opposite from the character of God. God has called us to love and love in abundance. And I'm, not, I'm, you know, honestly, the Bible is complex. You know, it's really, it's really dense, but it's, there's so much goodness and truth in it. And we really get to understand the character of God when we, when we read the Bible. We really get to understand what God wants from us, what God desires. And I hear from people sometimes that the, that the Bible is too complex, that it's too confusing, that 
Sometimes, the, you know, the Bible's not interesting. And I would like to challenge you guys. I would really like to challenge you guys about that because Peter, who was the pillar that, that, that Jesus says that he will be the pillar of my temple, who was one of the pillars and foundations of our Christian faith. He was an uneducated fisherman, hasn't went to school, didn't go to school at all. So if you got a college degree, you should be able to read the Bible. If you um, on, on one of those uh, keto diets, those uh, uh, gluten-free uh, vegan diets, and you know what to put in your body, and you research what affects your body, you should be able to study the Bible. All my natural hair girls, you know what products have sulfite in it, and you know what products that don't have sulfite in it. You know what the lock method is, the leave-in, the oil, and the cream. You guys know what it is. And if you know that, you can study the Bible. You can study, if you know what the leave-in, the cream, and the oil, you know that method, you can read the Bible. All you, all you New Yorkers that know the, the, the subway schedules, you know the subway schedules on a weekend. If you know the subway schedules on a weekend, you guys could be able to do a dissertation on the Bible. But it, it, the Bible, it is complex. It is dense. But God has truth in it. And we are truth seekers. As Christians, we want to be truth seekers. And so we could, let's get into the word. Today's scripture is based in Malachi 3, verses 8 to 10. I'm going to read it. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. How do, we act, how do we rob you, you ask? By not making payments of the tenth and the contributions. You are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are robbing me. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Text me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings without measure. The title of the sermon is called Curse with a Curse. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today. Today is a beautiful day, O oh Lord, um, to just, just to praise you, to seek you, O oh Lord. And we really just honestly need you today. <laughs> we need you to tell us what the truth is. We need you to reveal what your wisdom is. We need you to reveal what you want and what you desire, Lord, because that's what we want, oh Lord. That's what this church wants, oh Lord. God Almighty Father, be with us today, oh Lord. Let the Holy Spirit reign in this place, oh Lord. You are welcome here, oh Lord. We are welcome on this altar. You're welcome to speak on my behalf, Lord. Lord, we are totally reliant and dependent on you, oh Lord, for our knowledge and our way and our path, oh Lord. Just give us wisdom, oh Lord. Give us everything we need to serve you and do you well, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. So if you guys don't know, my name, my full, full name is Adebambo Oluwatimilein Ogunfora. And Adebambo Oluwatimilein Ogunfora. And if you can't tell, I'm Nigerian. 
shout out to my Nigerians, shout out to my, my Africans out here. Um, but the one thing about being Nigerian that, that kind of like peeves me a little bit is that Nigerians love to party. They really have a party for everything, legit everything. They have a party for your birthday. They have a party for your funeral. They have a party when you get a job. They got a party when you retire from a job. They got a party when you get pregnant. Then they have the party when the baby comes out. And then 40 days after, they have another party that the baby's still alive. There's a party for legit everything. And Nigerians also have extended family. Everybody's your aunt, everybody's your uncle, even people that you've, you've, you haven't met in your, you know, since you were you know, really little, they're still connected to you. And you almost you feel um, pressured, low-key re required to come to these parties. You, you, you just have to go. And when you go to these parties, you, you can't come empty-handed. You can't, you can't be that person. You can't be like Carlos coming in just for the food and then dip in without no, without no gift. You can't be that person, but it, it's really difficult and it's really actually annoying to have to give a gift to somebody that you don't really know well. Because like, you don't really know what they want. You don't, you don't really know what they need. You don't really know what they enjoy. So you, you're just giving this gift kind of like out of obligation, giving this gift just because you need it. You need to. And me, there's no shame in my game. I'm, I'm the king of regifting. <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm the king of regifting. I call it Operation Pay It Forward. <laughs> I, lo I love, I, I, you know, I don't have any problems. I'll, you know, just dust it off, rewrap it. And, and like Dream says, I'll throw it in the bag. And then I'll just be able to give it to the person. And I, I, I just can't deal with actually having to, to give a gift to somebody that like, I don't really know well. It, it seems really difficult. And, and now, you know, now that I, I'm, I give a lot of these gifts, I, I always think about receiving gifts from people that don't really know you. There's one time that I, I received a gift from somebody and they gave me a double XL sweater. A double XL. I know, I know I gained a little weight after the wedding, but like, it's like, that's low-key disrespectful. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like you really, you don't even know what I look like. You're giving a gift, you don't even know what I look like. But, but in, in Malachi chapter three, this is exactly what we have. This seemingly looks like, it seems like this verse, these couple of verses would be about what we haven't given to God or what um, Israel hasn't given to God, but it's, it's not about what they haven't given to God, but it's, it's, what, it's what they give to God and how they give to God. I can talk a little bit about, give you a little bit of context about Malachi because Malachi was a prophet and the book of Malachi writes about Israel and Israel is complaining and has a lot of contention for God, and, and the, the book shows God's response to their contention. It's kind of like Malachi is, 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 is similar or likened to a court case. Israel is, is the plaintiff, and the defendant is the God of Israel. And Israel has taken God to court and has declared an indictment 
against God and he, they charge God with being unfair and unfaithful. Unfair and unfaithful. They say that God hasn't loved them. He says that God is not accepting their offerings and their blessings. They, they, they say that um, God hasn't heard from them and he, they don't hear from God. They, they see surrounding countries and they see that they're thriving, but yet they're not prospering. And throughout Malachi, God gives a rebuttal. He gives a counterclaim to Israel's remarks. It's really, as you read the text, as you go into the text, I, I suggest all you guys read Malachi. It's about four chapters, quick read. As you read Malachi, you really understand that it is Israel that is the one that's unfaithful. Don't you hate that? When, when somebody complains about you, but they're the one that's in the wrong? They're the one that, that, that is trifling. They're the one that actually did the, the, the wrong thing. I have a, a couple of uh, examples about my wife, but I also have to come home tonight and, and I want to eat dinner, so I'm not, I'm not going to bring them up. So, but, but Israel, God is, God is, um, is really bringing many counters to what Israel is, is, is saying. Many counterclaims, and two of the major, he, there was about six counterclaims, but I'm going to highlight two. Two of the counterclaims is that they have broken a covenant of marriage. They've broken a covenant of marriage. There was a trend with Israel men neglecting their wives, and they were divorcing them, and then they were marrying wives of women that worship other gods. And it was so like nonchalant, like it was just so regular, like um, adultery was just so rampant and regular in that time. And that's a word for some of us because marriage is not just a social contract. It's not just a social contract between man and woman. It's a covenant between man, woman, and God. And when they were unfaithful to woman, it was similar to them being unfaithful to God. So God really was really upset. He was really disrespected. The second thing that I counterclaim that I want to highlight is that, that they were defiling the offerings. They were defiling the offerings. That, so Israel were, was complaining to God that you're not accepting my offerings. You, I'm giving you offerings, but you're not accepted. I mean, you're not, you're not blessing me for giving me for, for giving up offerings, but these fools were giving blemished offerings. They were giving, you know, back in the day, the way that, you know, they did tithing was based off of the things that you had. They didn't really have money. They didn't monetize things, but they gave what they had. They gave food. They gave livestock. They gave um, crops. They gave their possessions, and they were giving Livestock, they were given animals that were blemished and were sick and were crippled and were blind. And back in that time, that was considered worthless. Nothing, it, worthless. They couldn't sell an animal that was blind. They couldn't sell an animal that was crippled. So 
Literally, they were giving to God what they would have thrown away. It, so God is like, yo, y'all, y'all really trying to play me. Y'all, y'all really trying to play me. You really think that, you think that I, could, I would take this disrespect, that I would take this lack of honor, this lack of devotion. It, it's like Israel is really trying to cheat God. And just so I can put Bible behind it, Malachi 1, um, 6, I'll start in the beginning uh, or the, the tail end of uh, verse 6. Have we despised your name by presenting defiled food on my altar? How have we defiled you, you ask, when you say the Lord's table is contemptible? You present a blind animal for sacrifice. Is that not wrong? And you present a lame or sick animal. Is that not wrong? Bring it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you to show you or, or show you favor? Asked the Lord of armies. Now plead for God's favor. Will he be gracious to you? Since this has come from your hands. Will he show any of you favor? Asked the Lord of armies. I wish one of you would just shut the doors so that you would no longer kindle useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of armies. I will accept no offering from your hands. So they're saying that pretty much, I'd rather you close the temples. I'd rather you close the temples than you give me worthless offerings. Than you give me an offering with no heart, with no true devotion. I'd rather you close the temples. And specifically, God targets this, um, this message towards uh, the Levites, the tribe of Levites. Tribal Levites is, is, was a priesthood of, of, of Israel. And they were in charge of the overseeing of the temples and they were in charge of keeping Israel and making sure that they kept their statutes and they were pretty much the priests that, you know, you know, made sure everything was good, but they were trifling too. They did not only tolerate, but they also participated in the corrupt forms of worship. They would take good, good offerings. They would swap it out would blemish one. So they would take offerings for themselves and swap it out for, 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 for blemish ones. And it was like that they were, instead of purifying the temples, instead of making sure that they were good, they were defiling it. It's kind of like if, if a, a garbage truck would come and instead of picking up your garbage, they just threw out garbage all over your lawn. They defiled the church. And when, when we look back at the scriptures, we look back at the scriptures, we go back to, to, to verse 8. I'm going to read it again. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? How do we rob you, you ask? You are not making payments of tenth and the contributions. You are suffering under a curse. Bring the full tents into the storehouse so that you may have food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing 
for you without measure. When we go back to the text, you can see how it's really easy to, to kind of create a narrative with this text. Just that alone. It's really easy to create a narrative with that text. It's easy to create a narrative of fear. Like, if you don't give, God is going to punish you. God is going to... Um, God, you will be cursed with a curse if you don't give. And then there's another narrative of profit. There's a narrative of prosperity. If, if you give, if you give in abundance, that God is going to open the door for blessings. And it's really easy to take that narrative and for broken man to, to, to do what they, they please with it. So, you know, this small section, when we, when we put it back into the context of the chapter of Malachi, when we put it back in the storyline of the Bible, when we contextualize it, when we study it, when we research it, when we see all the narratives of the Bible, we see that the way that some churches use this are unbiblical. They use it to incentivize people to give by, by, by um, you know, scaring them or they incentivize them by alluding that there's prosperity behind it. And it seems totally off base. Based off of the context of Malachi, it seems totally off base. But, but the Bible and the word is good. And there is application for us in there. So, so how, do we, how do we reconcile this? How, what, what are we getting out of this? How do we apply this word? When, when the people of Israel, Israel, when we really evaluate them, when we really study them, when we see what, what, what God is doing with them, what, what we see what the issue is, is a really an issue of faithfulness. It's really a heart issue. So the question is, when are we robbing God if we don't give a tenth? Are we robbing God when we don't give a tenth? Bible study 101, scripture interprets scripture. So I'm going to use scripture for the, an, for the, for the answer for that. Um, can we go to Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14? And the word of God says, For all rely on works of the law are under a curse. Because it's written, anyone who does not do everything written in the book of the law is cursed. Now that is clear that no one is justified before God by the law because the righteousness, the, because the righteous will live by faith. Amen to that. But the law is not based on faith. Instead, the one who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Thank you, God. Because it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung from the tree. The purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Jesus Christ so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. Glory be to God for Jesus Christ that we no longer are bound to the law. 
that Jesus plays the ultimate sacrifice for us, that Jesus goes on the cross and he finishes it, that we no longer need to work for the law, for our salvation, that instead of working to obtain our righteousness, Jesus says, follow me, have faith in me, have a heart for me, and I will be your, I will be your sacrifice. I will be your sacrifice, follow me. And the great thing that happens when we follow Jesus is that we also, we get a heart transplant. We get a heart that was stoned and we get a heart, we now get a heart that is flesh. And we get a heart that the laws, instead of the laws written on a tablet, we have the, the laws written on our hearts. So we get to serve and praise and, 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 and serve law, the Lord fully. And we, we, we only focus on what God wants, what Jesus wants for us. But don't get it twisted. Don't get it confused. God, he still wants us to be generous. He still wants us to be generous. He still wants us to give. But that giving is compelled by Jesus Christ. That, that, that giving is now fulfilled and, and, and righteous in Jesus Christ. We go back to the beginning of chapter three real quick. In the beginning of chapter three, verse one, it says, I am going to send my messenger and he will clear the way for me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come into your temple and the messenger of the covenant you will you delight in. See, he is coming, says the Lord of armies. But you, who can endure the day of his coming? And who will be able to stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's bleach. He will be like a refiner and a purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. This is important. And then they will present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord in the days of old and years gone by. When we come to Jesus Christ, when we rely on Jesus Christ, Jesus refines us. Jesus sanctifies us. The more that we bask in Jesus, the more that we have relationship with Jesus, the more that we learn about Jesus, the more that we become imitators of Jesus, we become more like Jesus. And what was Jesus? Jesus was loving. Jesus was generous. So just as, we, as Jesus was loving, we are loving. Just as Jesus is generous, we are generous. And that generosity, that Comp that compulsion, that, that, um, that want to give, that is now pure because it's through Jesus Christ. Through our flesh, we have other reasons. We have fear. We have, we have profit. We, we, we give for a reason, but through Jesus Christ, the purity of Jesus Christ, we give out of the goodness of our hearts. We give because it's Christ that's giving through us. So Jesus still wants us to give, but how does he want us to give? I'm, I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but this is the truth. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. 
this is the point. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, not begrudgingly, not I'm going to give you a blemish offering because um, that's what I have to do. Not out of out of uh, obligation to give, but out of a chair out of a cheerful heart. But there's also implications for it. There's also implications for it. In verse 11, it says, "You will be rich by every way for your generosity, for which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service, which is giving." is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify, they will glorify God for the obedient confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is so good. That is so good. It just says like giving is the obedient confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Giving is a, a, a receipt of the gospel. Giving is a response to the gospel. It's so good. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have a deep affection for you because of the passing, surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable, uh, indescribable, indescribable gift that's awesome that's awesome that not only does our giving impact relationships with God not not only is it service to God but it also impacts others our giving also when we give it also impacts other believers and they they're embraced and they're encouraged so the way that we give is not our requirement is not a tenth. It's not, um, you know, again, out of compulsion, but it's an overflow. It's what God has called you to do. It's what God controls you to do. So when you see that person that's struggling and got ripped up tires and they need new tires, God is giving you that, 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 that uh, compulsion to, to help that person. Now, when you see the homeless person on the ground and he... Um, you may be a drug addict and he may um, just is asking for food. You give it to him and people say, oh, oh may question you. He may not deserve it. He's going to use that for, for drugs. He may use that for something that's not other than food. But do we deserve the grace of Jesus Christ? Do we deserve any of that? No, but we give out of love. We give because we love. I'll end with this. With this story, as you may know, I'm from Jersey, and I really believe that, you know, God has a special place for the Epiphany members that, you know, come from Jersey, because we got to deal with toll. If you got to pay for toll to get to church, that, that's tied in itself, yo. I'm not even going to play. Like, tied, you know, you got to pay for gas. It's crazy, but I, I, I work in the city. And I, I, you know, I come to church in Brooklyn, so I'm traveling a lot. And I used NJ Transit 
And there was one day that I actually took the train back home and I saw this young man and he, was, he looked like a college student and he sat right next to me. And when the ticket conductor came, he didn't have a ticket and he wanted to purchase one with a credit card, but clearly they don't use credit cards. And the young man, he panicked and he, he was freaking out because NJ Transit don't play. They'll kick your behind out. They will kick your behind out. And he nervously looked over to me and he, he asked me if I had any cash. And I, I told him, like, I don't have cash, but I have the app, so I'll, I'll just buy you a ticket. And he, 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 he was so overjoyed. He was so super reactive. He's like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You saved me. I'm going to a funeral. Like, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Thank you so much. How can I repay you? I was like, yo, you're good, bro. And he's like, no, 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 no. What's your Venmo? What's your Venmo? I'll send it to you through Venmo. And I'm like, no, 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 you're good, bro. And I'm like, he's like, oh, no, no, Cash App, Cash App. What's the Cash App? I'm like, you're good. Venmo, Zelle, Chase Pay, give me something. I want to pay you back. I need to pay you back. And I'm like, no, bro, you don't need to. I just, how about this? You just pay it forward. You do something generous for somebody else. And he, he was so overjoyed. He's like, of course, I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do it. I'm tell- I, I, I will definitely do that. But what I'm encouraged about by is that he would have never thought to be generous if I wasn't generous to him. And that is the same with God. If he wasn't generous to us, we would never think to be generous to other people. It's it's, it's really Jesus that impacts us. It's the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God giving us Jesus Christ that, that makes us give. It gives us the heart to give. And I pray that we are compelled by Jesus Christ and not by compulsion. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today, O oh Lord, for just your word, O oh Lord. Your word is just... Yeah, it's solid, oh Lord. Your your word is is so good, oh Lord. The word, the way that the word speaks to us is is it's amazing, oh Lord. We thank you for opportunity to just know more about you, know more about what you want and what you desire for this church, oh Lord. You don't require us to give a percentage anymore, but you still want us to be generous. You probably want us to be generous more than a tenth, Lord. But you, you graciously give us the freedom to give and be a cheerful giver. But Lord, we, we want to serve you, O Lord, in the best way that we can, O Lord. We want a heart for you, O Lord. It is a spiritual discipline to give, O Lord. It pleases you when we give, O oh Lord. We trust you when we give, O oh Lord. God, help us give not out of compulsion, but because we want to honor you fully. We want to honor you fully, Lord. Help us have a heart for you. Help us have a heart for things of you, Lord. God Almighty Father, we are here, O oh Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead us, O oh Lord. Lord, we pray for just real application, O oh Lord. 
we do not want to take advantage of your grace, oh Lord. We don't want to take advantage of your mercy, Lord. But we want to be in line with it, oh Lord. We want to be compelling it. We want to bask in it, Lord. Help us give courageously, oh Lord. Help us give the way that you want us to give, oh Lord. Be with us, but help us do it through the gospel, Lord. Help us do it through Jesus Christ, Lord. In your goodness and your grace, we pray. Amen.